Thank you for coming to the podcast. Top Turtle MMA Podcast on FlowCombat.com is brought to you by my favorite MMA and BJJ clothing brand. I, of course, am talking about ADK Fightwear. ADK is a family-owned company in the Adirondack Mountains of New York. They bring you high-quality gear at low, low prices. And if you head to their website, ADKFightwear.com, right now, we can make those prices even lower for you. If you use our exclusive promo code TURTLE, that's T-U-R-T-L-E, you'll get 20% off, 20% off your entire order at ADKFightwear.com. Go there right now. Go there. Hit the pause button. Okay, and now that you're back, let's get you to this episode of Top Turtle MMA Podcast on FlowCombat.com, brought to you by ADKFightwear.com. This is Daniel Gumby Vreeland with Top Turtle MMA on FlowCombat.com, and today I have the pleasure of speaking to top heavyweight contender Curtis Razorblade. So, Curtis, before we uh, we get into what happened uh, in the after the big fight uh, that happened this past weekend, what do you think of the fight between Stipe and DC? Uh, DC, were you surprised at the result? Were you impressed by uh, how good DC looked? Yeah, I was surprised and. Um, impressed. He he did what he, what he needed to do. Uh, that was pretty much the only way I could have seen him get the the W was early on and using his uh, dirty boxing. He has a very unique way of grabbing guys in, uh, the back of their heads and and pulling them into upper cuts and weird little weird little hooks and using using his under hooks to control his opponent that way he doesn't have to deal with the range but he knows he's a smaller guy so yeah I think he fought a very very smart smart fight absolutely and now I'm assuming uh, you know the the big thing on everybody's mind is that it seemed like you were probably next in the uh, the title picture until you know the the obvious weird interaction after the fight between DC and Brock Lesnar. What was sort of your reaction watching it when you heard DC say the name Brock Lesnar, and then you watched Brock Lesnar walk into the cage? I mean, I was upset. Uh, it's not really. I, I, I don't really need to explain. I got. I was upset. Like you said, I I felt as though I was next in line, and if anything. Had they given given it uh, given Stipe an immediate rematch, I could have understood that a lot a lot easier than Brock Lesnar. Yeah, absolutely, and and that certainly does make more sense. So, uh, when we're assuming that this fight might be the one to get made, do you believe that this is what's going to happen next? Is it going to be Brock and DC, or do you think that a fight with you is still possibly on the horizon? No. Um, as m- m- much as I would like to believe, I'm a I'm a realist, and I can already feel the the swell of the casuals. They're all getting like super hyped up about it. like. And I know that Dana White in the UFC can just they can just smell the money. Yeah, I know it's gonna be a lot of money. Yeah, people for some odd reason. Love watching Brock Lesnar, even though he has probably the the least 
well-rounded game out of out of anyone in the UFC besides uh, maybe CM Punk, I guess. <laughs> well, that actually leads me to my next question. Uh, you know, obviously, the, like you said, the entertainment value is there. But how do you think your skills match up directly with Brock Lesnar and, you know, like skill for skill? I would destroy Brock Lesnar. He's, he's not even a threat. He's old. He, he no longer possesses the quick twitch muscles you need to compete at the highest level. He, people are stuck in the past. He, yeah, he was a good wrestler. He, he wouldn't touch my legs. And I would toss him around until his, his hip, his hips like broke. Like he's he's not a threat at all. He's never he never developed any striking. He doesn't have any jujitsu. He he just he got by in a time when MMA wasn't as developed that you can get away with being that that one dimensional. In today's game, I would kick him apart. Yeah, and like, like you said, so uh, I'm going to go back one step to something you said just a second ago, which is where you said that, you know, you, you're a realist. You believe that, you know, this fight's probably going to Brock. The casual fans seem to be all jacked up about it. The UFC brass can smell the money. So what's the backup plan for you? Are, are you going to wait on the shelf hoping that you get the winner of Brock in D.C.? Or is, is there a fight you would accept in the interim against somebody like Stipe or Volkov or Derek Lewis? Um you know, is, is there another fight know. on the horizon you would like? The only fight I would possibly, and I'm saying this with the, the smallest amount of it actually happening, is Volkov. Like, possibly. Like, because he's... Ngannou, at his performance, he doesn't deserve it. Derek Lewis, equally, at his performance, doesn't deserve... Either one of them deserve to be in a number one contender fight. I'm, I'm not going to... Not gonna fight fight Stipe unless he had the belt. Like it's just I'm I'm seeing now this is a business, so I'm gonna treat it as a business also. Yeah, that makes um, that makes a, to, that makes a ton of sense. You know, so as of right now, that's my plan. But plans do change; they evolve when you get uh, introduced. Uh, new info, so who knows what happens over the next couple months. Yeah. And now, you know, you said there, too, that you wouldn't fight Stipe unless he's got the belt around his waist. Would it change your mind if the UFC, which seems to be all in on interim title fights, would it change your mind if the UFC came to you with an interim fight against any of those guys? Well, yeah. Interim, if they offer an interim belt, yeah, an interim belt is almost as good as a real belt because then it guarantees that you get to fight the the real uh, title holder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you, and you said... But I don't... And you said the real title holder being DC. You know, like, that that's really the fight that you want right now. Just beat Stipe. It's obviously the most interesting. How do you see yourself meet, matching up against... Uh, Daniel Cormier. Um, I, I think I, I would use my my jab a lot more effectively than than 
speed play did. I wouldn't allow DC to close the distance and use his underhooks or, or pull my head down or anything like that. Because as soon as he got within range, I would I would take him down. Mm-hmm. Like um, I just I think I'm younger, I'm faster, I'm stronger. Uh, yeah, he's got good hands. Yeah, he's a really good wrestler, but I think I'm a better MMA wrestler. Well, that's certainly a fight we're looking forward to seeing down the road, if not next, then hopefully the fight after next. Uh, once again, it's Curtis Blades, top heavyweight contender, and we'll be closely looking for where he gets booked. Thanks again for the time, Curtis. No problem, bro. appreciate you having, having me on the show. And that interview was brought to you by GarageFit. Look, we can't all get from MMA or BJJ class to the gym every single day. We all have busy lives and time constraints. Luckily, we can remove some of that by going to GarageFit. GarageFit can get you a high-quality home gym right there in your garage. Need plyo boxes? They got them. Need weighted vests or heavy ropes or kettlebells? They got it all. So head to garagegym.net and pick up all the gear you need today to make your home gym just that perfect. We, of course, are Dave Tremonti and Daniel Gumby Vreeland, and that was Curtis Blades. David, what'd you think? All right. This is what I love about Curtis Blades. We are in the mix of a top-heavy UFC heavyweight division right now. I love where Curtis Blades is coming from. He's got a bone to pick, an axe to grind, because this man has done some impressive fucking things in the UFC heavyweight division. It's like a new lifeblood has been injected into this heavyweight division between Naganu and yes, I get his performance wasn't great last week, coming off the Stipe loss as well. But then you have Blades, and let's not forget, Naganu has a win over Blades, so that's a rematch I'm interested in. And now Brock comes back, and he brings pro wrestling back into the octagon with him. I don't know. I just feel like the heavyweight division is exciting, and Blades is right in the thick of things. Yeah, and you didn't even mention Derek Lewis or Alexander Volkov, who are both now top five heavyweights in the UFC, too. It's incredible. And this weekend we get JDS back. I would say this is the best. The heavyweight division has been at the top. I mean, I'd have to go back and look. Maybe since, like, circa 2013, like, Kane you mean and like ADS-3. The, yeah, or even just a little bit before that when we had, like, uh, Carwin, Lesnar, Couture. That was pretty close, but I would say even now might be better than that. I, yeah, I mean, I think we're in a heavyweight renaissance is what we're in yeah. right now. So it's exciting. And, you know, with Blades, I mean, what do you do with Blades right now if we're going to go under the assumption that Brock can stay clean off uh, D-ball for six months and he's fighting DC next? Who do you think Blades gets? Well, you know, like he said, he would probably only be interested in the fight with Volkov. Um, however, if you dangled an interim championship in front of somebody, which – you know, if DC is going to go f- defend it light heavyweight, you might have a, at least a justification to dingle an interim championship there. I would say you could probably do an interim fight between him and Stipe. Hmm, that, I, I mean, I certainly I, – listen, we know on this show we're no big fans of let's do interim titles every fucking weekend. But hit the matchup of him versus Stipe – is very interesting to me. Yeah, but it, again, he, he's not going to fight Stipe if there's no belt on the line. Like, that would be a dumb business move for him 
to fight Stipe with no belt. Really? I disagree with that completely. Just who cares if there's a belt? If he gets a win over a former champion, and that puts him right at the top of the division, no? Yeah, I, I guess I could see that. But, like, is his stock anywhere? Like, I feel like right now he is the rightful number one contender, right? He, I, I think a fight against Stipe might wind up Frankie Edgaring himself. You know what I mean by by that reference? You, you got to go out on a limb. That's where the that's where the fruit is. And I don't know, man. I mean, I don't think he's a household name yet, but I think a win over Stipe puts him in household territory. He's right, he's on the cusp. He's right there. Yeah, that's true. Stipe would do a lot for his his fan appeal. That's that's definitely more so than the Volkov win. More so than if he went and beat Derek Lewis. Yeah, Stipe would would do the best for his fan base. Yeah, so it is what it is, but it's exciting stuff, and we'll transition now to our combat countdown, speaking of heavyweights and speaking of Brock, because we started thinking to ourselves, Brock is back, and he's coming off a steroid suspension. Who has had the best career post-steroid suspension? So to our loyal listeners, I present to you this week's combat countdown, best performances best careers post suspension from steroids are you ready gumby yeah let's do this one all right we are talking about the best careers after getting popped for steroids it's the wild world of mma and one steroid popping does not end a career when we're talking about the guys on this list We'll start with number five. We were scaredy cats. We didn't want to make one an honorable mention. We're going with a tie at number five. Who do we have, Gumby? We got for number five. We're going to go with Loyola Machida and Anderson Spider Silva. We couldn't couldn't make it quite a list out of six, but these two are going to tie for number five. Machida was supposed to fight Dan Henderson in 2016. He openly admitted to having used a banned substance leading up to it. I think he thought it was going to lower his punishment. Uh, but it didn't. It wound up with a pretty heavy punishment. Since then, he's 2-1, and one, and he's beaten Vidor Belfort and Eric Anders, which is pretty impressive. And then the Anderson Spider Silva, even though he was 1-2 after uh, testing positive, he tested positive uh, after UFC 183 against Nick Diaz, which he won but was overturned. He didn't openly admit it, but he did say there was some problem with some tainted dick pills. Um, and since then, he's 1-2. With uh, losses to DC and Michael Bisping, I feel like are pretty pretty legitimate in this day and age. So both Anderson Spider Silva and Loyola Machida at five. Yeah, so you know, here's the thing with the Anderson Silva and the tainted dick pills, which is really it, one of my favorite excuses for for popping for steroids. Keeps coming up. Punny. <laughs> you know, I love uh, even though he's one and two. I mean, to lose to Bisping in DC and to come up you know, up to 205 and fight DC on short notice. And let's not forget, he started rocking DC late in that fight when he started opening up. DC, yeah, had, DC had to go back to the ground and pound. And with Bisping, this was the fight that propelled Bisping into champion Bisping, because if you remember, he went and knocked out Luke Rockhold a few months later. But Anderson Silva almost ended that fight in uh, round three with that knee. And, you know, yeah. Bisping more or less was almost saved by the bell. So you almost wonder about if he had ended it there and then he went on to fight Luke Rockhold. Who's to say what would happen? You have to ask Doc Brown and create an alternative That's a crazy timeline. alternative timeline. That's a crazy yeah. alternative. If, if he had finished Bisping there, yeah, our, our so, world is so weird. <laughs> our, our world is weird. Welcome to 2018. So we'll move on, though, and we'll go now. I, we promise no more ties. 
But this guy, I mean, he is openly admitted to dabbling in the dark uh, arts of the roids, <laughs> and we're talking about Chael Sonnen. Yeah, Chael Sonnen at number four. He tested positive right after his UFC 117 loss to Anderson Silva. Probably would have gotten an immediate rematch if not for testing positive there. His testosterone was 17 times as big as it should have been. Um, he claimed that he had a therapeutic exemption, uh, and then California said he did not. Um, but So we're, we're mostly talking about what happens afterwards. He's 5-4 and four since then, and he's got wins over... The aforementioned Michael Bisping, he's got a win over Shogun, who apparently DC wants to fight for the title, and he's got a recent win over Rampage in an upcoming fight against Fedor at 5-4. and four. That's a pretty impressive resume since he's come back. Yeah, you cannot slow down Shell Sonnen. A, uh, a steroid suspension does not slow down uh, the American gangster. So we'll move to number three. And this one, you know, I think he doesn't pass the eye test even still, <laughs> uh, but he's a legend of the sport, and we're talking about Alster Overeem. Yeah, Overeem was supposed to fight for the title at UFC 146 against JDS, but he was pulled for that fight for having only 14 times the testosterone level he should have, whereas Shale had 17. Uh, he claimed it was a bad anti-inflammatory medicine, uh, which didn't hold water at all. Since then, he's 7-6. and six. I mean, he made it back to a title fight against Stipe. He recently had a number one contender fight with Francis Naganu that he lost, but he's been at the top of the sport, and he's still at the top of the sport since then. It's an Impressive seven and six. All right, we'll move to number two, and this one got overturned uh, more or less, and again doesn't pass the eye test. Basically, looks like an even more jacked up Ninja Turtle. We're talking Yoel Romero. Yeah, Joel Romero on an out of competition testing on January 13th of 2016 tested for some growth hormones. He claimed it was a contamination and wound up being able to prove it. So yeah, he got cleared, uh, but he did miss quite a bit of time because of that. Since then, he's two and two, which doesn't sound as impressive as like Overeem seven and six or Shale Sonnen's four and five or five and four. But both of those losses are the champ. Uh, Robert Whitaker in damn close fights, and he beat Chris Weidman and Luke Rockhold since then in, like, violent fashion. So that's a hell of a record since uh, missing a little bit of time there. All right, we move now to number one. It's the best post-steroid popping career. Who is it, Gumby? We're going with Josh Barnett. Josh Barnett, right before Affliction Trilogy, which was a fight that it was supposed to be against Fedor, he tested positive. It wound up pretty much ending that company, uh, completely ruining the company. He no-showed a couple of hearings. It dragged on for years and years and years. Uh, professional wrestling got in the way. He took all that crazy time off, came back, and is, was 8-3 and three after then. Um, obviously, he recently tested positive again, so that makes things a little bit weird. Uh, and he left the UFC because he doesn't trust USADA. But he's 8-3 and three. Really impressive wins on his resume. Only lost to some of the very best fighters in the heavyweight division. And that's a damn good record after losing that much time. All right, let's rewind and go back over it. You have the Brazilian bros at number five, Leota Machida and Anderson Silva. God bless them. Number four was Chael Sonnen. We love that guy. Number three was Alistair Overeem, the demolition man. Number two, Yoel Romero. Numero uno in our hearts and our minds, Josh Barnett. And I'll just throw this out there, 
most likely to be on this list in the future, Paolo Costa. All right. So <laughs> Ooh, that's, that's brutal. You know who else might be on this list, too? Uh, you got to remember, we had a fight card this weekend with two different guys coming off their USADA suspensions in JDS and Chad Mendez, uh, who are looking to get back on the right track. So those two actually on their way back, although I get what you're saying about Paulo Costa's eye test. He, he definitely doesn't pass that one. Well, I'm glad you brought up this weekend's fight card, because Gumby, I think myself and the fans would like to hear your fight card breakdown for the weekend. And our UFC Boise preview is going to be brought to you by ADK Fightwear. Remember, go to ADKFightwear.com, use promo code TURTLE, that's T-U-R-T-L-E, pick yourself up 20% off. So the three fights I like for this weekend, are I like Junior Dos Santos in the main event over Blagoy, Ivanov, uh, JDS Betanoff at negative 175 to Ivanov's plus 155. I think those lines are pretty close because people don't quite know what to make of Ivanov yet. I just think JDS has got the better gas tank, and I don't think the time off is going to hurt him quite as much as the bookmakers think it's going to. I'm also taking Alex Volkanowski, even though he's betting off at negative 330 over Darren Elkins at plus 255. Elkins, ranked number 10 at featherweight. Volkanowski, unranked. I'm still taking him. I just think the takedown prowess of Volkanowski is going to be too much, and he's relentless. He's even more relentless than Darren Elkins, so I'm going to go with Alexander Volkanowski, and for my upset of the week, I like Zach Otto over Sage Northcutt. A lot of hype around Sage Northcutt, but Zach Otto betting off at ne- uh, plus 110 to Sage Northcutt's negative 120. Uh, I like Otto's punching power, and I think he's just too big and too strong for Super Sage Northcutt. And that's going to be our fight preview for UFC Boise. The quick re- recap... JDS over Ivanov, Volkanovski over Elkins, and Otto over Northcutt. Once again, we're Dave and Dan with Top Turtle MMA on FlowCombat.com. Thanks for checking out this episode. Remember that you can follow the show at Top Turtle MMA. You can follow me, Daniel Gumby Vreeland, at Gumby Vreeland, both on Twitter. If you want to send us some hate mail, you can, of course, do that at TopTurtleMMA at gmail.com. And remember to check out Flow Combat for all of the latest from the show. Thank you once again to our sponsors, ADK Fightwear and Garage Fit. We'll see you next time.